Helping Johnson County families in need access healthy, affordable foods can be a challenge. On this episode, learn about an excellent resource to do just that. Whether you live in or just love Johnson County, Kansas, JOCO On The Go has everything Johnson County. Here's what's happening and what's coming up in the community you call home. Thanks for joining us for JOCO On The Go. I'm your host, Teresa Freed, a Johnson County resident and employee of Johnson County government. Buying fresh produce at the grocery store can be tough, especially if you're on a really tight budget, but all families should have access to healthy foods. And that's the idea behind the Wick Garden. It's located on the Sunset Campus in Olathe. And here to talk more about that, we have with us a program administrator and a couple of volunteers who regularly roll up their sleeves, dig in the dirt, and help harvest food. So let's start with Zach. And then, Zach, if you want to introduce yourself and then our volunteers. Yeah, thanks, Teresa. My name is Zach Hoppenstead, and I'm a horticulture extension agent with the uh, County K-State Extension Research and Extension Office. Um, we're located at the uh, County Government Plaza here at 119th and Ridgeview. And uh, in addition to providing uh, education around fruit and vegetable production for our county, uh, both for backyard gardeners and for our budding fruit and vegetable industry that we do have, um, in terms of commercial production. Uh, one of my favorite projects is the oversight and sort of day-to-day uh, -day management of our uh, WIC community garden, uh, which like you said, uh, is a resource uh, originally uh, dedicated to providing uh, supplemental nutrition support to the families receiving uh, the, the WIC services through our county health department and uh, has now kind of evolved into a more broad uh, program uh, supporting food insecurity that exists throughout the county, uh, providing fresh fruits and vegetables from a quarter acre demonstration urban farm garden space that's nestled right in between the health department and uh, the Sunset uh, County Government Building. All right, and then if you want to introduce um, our volunteers or they can introduce themselves, however you want to do that. I'll just say like, uh, you know, I handpicked uh, some of my best volunteers and uh, most ready for radio and video, uh, uh, Samantha Murphy and Linda Featherston, who have been with the program actually longer than, than I have. The program's been around for uh, more than seven years, and uh, both Linda and Samantha have really been involved very, since very early on and are, are part of the cadre of community volunteers that help uh, maintain and and operate the program and I wouldn't be able to do it without people like Samantha and Linda uh, who drop in every Tuesday morning 8 to 11 a.m. essentially March through November. I've been a part of the garden for I guess almost five years or so off and on now so it's been a, been a fun time being a part of it. Hi, I'm Linda Featherston. This is my fifth summer in the garden. Um, I'm a piano teacher and a state rep in my real life. And I have really found my time in the garden to be rewarding in ways to help out the community and also really educational. That's terrific. Okay, well, thank you all for joining us today. So um, first I wanna talk about what the WIC program is. So Zach, can you kind of define that for us a little bit? Yeah, and, and unfortunately, our partners over at the at the WIC program weren't available today. But um, in in oversight of this program for four years, I, I've become uh, more and more familiar. 
um, you know, the, the WIC program, the acronym stands for women, infant and children. And essentially it's a supplemental nutrition program, um, for expecting, uh, for mothers and, and families that may have limited resources or limited budget when it comes to, um, uh, you know, the, the food needs for, for their household. And they re receive a, a lot of wraparound services, um, for, uh, child nutrition, maternal health. Uh, and uh, it's a really excellent program that's, uh, you know, it's a national program administered by USDA and, um, you know, every county uh, in the state of Kansas, uh, you know, operates a, a WIC program in Johnson County uh, has obviously one of the larger programs. Um, the, you know, there are some dollars uh, in, in the form of um, benefits that uh, participants can use. Uh, to purchase groceries from you know your typical grocery store um, but uh, typically that's not really enough to meet the nutritional needs for the families that participate in the program and so the idea for the garden many years ago was um, could there be a uh, essentially a, a, a green space a, a garden space uh, that would serve clients in the program teach them some gardening skills as well as uh, essentially be a, a production space where we could generate um, enough produce to really, you know, make a, a significant contribution uh, to the households that are participating in the Johnson County WIC program in terms of uh, supplying fresh fruits and vegetables. And I think a lot of people don't necessarily think of Johnson County as, as um, having a lot of people within our community who who rely on on WIC and um, access to things like food pantries and the garden. So can you talk a little bit about what that need looks like here in Johnson County? Yeah, I mean, um, it's it's significant and it's it is definitely more than what most folks typically imagine when they think about uh, Johnson County and the affluence that we definitely do have in the county, but definitely major significant needs and families that rely on uh, donations and food pantry services and and um, and like I said, the the WIC program uh, uh, in terms of the the dollars that go to the families, uh, it's 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 a help but it's not, it doesn't go all the way to, to meet the needs and um, what we know families need in terms of access to fresh fruits and vegetables. Um, and uh, beyond that, you know, the garden, like I said, has sort of tried to expand to, to meet the need that exists even beyond the WIC program and those families that are going to pantries, especially in the Olathe area where we're located. Um, and, and during COVID, you know, uh, there was, you know, more and more families that, uh, uh, we're relying on these local pantries, uh, places like uh, uh, Catholic Charities and uh, Salvation Army and many others that we've partnered with uh, over the past couple of years to expand the reach of the garden and the produce where it goes to get it to more people uh, throughout uh, throughout our area here. And, um, and really, you know, uh, we'll talk more about this, just trying to increase the outreach, uh, the awareness, and, um, and our clientele and, and letting more people know that this resource exists and it's not just for WIC clients. They continue to be one of our primary clientels, but we're hopeful to you know, serve the broader need that does exist. All right, that's great information. And back to our volunteers, um, if you just wanna talk a little bit more about you know, why you got started doing this and, and 
what you get out of it. So we'll start with Linda. In 2018, I saw an ad on Facebook of all places to, uh, to come help out in the Wick Garden. And I'm a firm believer in try to make the world a better place. And sometimes you have to start from a very small square, which is your own community. And then that can grow to bigger things. But, you know, I still had children at my house at the time, but Tuesday mornings were a great time for me to be able to get away and not interfere with their activities or my work schedule. So um, that's why I was in the garden. All right. And so uh, you talked about some of the education that you received there. So can you talk about that? Well, sure. You know, we plant all kinds of fruits and vegetables. And I always say when we have new people in, like, find a question to ask Zach about something because you have never seen more enthusiastic teaching than when you ask an extension agent, like about a product, like how long will it take to grow this? What will it do? And um, they are just here to educate. And it, it's so exciting just to watch them in action. I will totally agree with you on that. I've, I've visited the garden a couple of times and, and uh, we'll cut out here in a second to, to get a, a quick uh, tour with Zach, but uh, there, there's definitely a level of enthusiasm. They are very passionate about the, the work they get to do. And, and I know the volunteers are, are passionate as well. So Samantha, do you want to talk about your experience with the Wick Garden? Sure. Well, like I said, I got involved about five years ago. That was about the time that um, I have a background in horticulture. I grew up on a farm in Iowa and um, I went to Iowa State in horticulture and agronomy. So I have a little bit of knowledge um, about horticulture, but um, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And about that time, I had a three-year-old and we were looking for ways that I could get involved with the community and involved with, um, in a way that I could help out because that's what I'm good at, horticulture. So and it was also convenient because I could bring my daughter with me. Um, we originally got involved in the Olathe Community Gardens and through, through that found out about the Wick Garden. And once we got involved, it was just a lot of fun and a lot like Linda was saying, a great way to share knowledge. I mean, I have a background in horticulture, but so many volunteers don't. So, I mean, we share information and it's a very positive group of volunteers out there. And we have a great time and I've been having a great time the last five years. Now I have two daughters that I bring out there with me, um, but it's, it's been a good way to help them get in touch with, you know, where their food comes from. And it's also fun to see what clients come out because it's kind of like, you know, maybe I'm in a little bit better situation, but they're not so different from us. You know, it's like my kids play with their kids that come and visit and, and it's, it's, it's a great, a great way to connect, I think, as a community over food. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think, um, you know, that's, that's an invaluable um, kind of lesson to, to be able to teach to, to ch young children and, and they grow up appreciating where their food comes from, but also appreciating the value of volunteering and helping others in your community. So I think that's really, really awesome. Um, what would be a message you have for other people in the community? Like, like you said, maybe they have some experience like planting, uh, like we have a, a pot of tomatoes in our backyard, but that's about it. So people who have kind of limited experience um, with growing food, you know, what would you say to them and encourage them to, to come out and help out? 
I would say there is no limit to, I mean, even if you've not touched a plant in your life and you think you kill plants, we love to help people out and educate people. So, so many volunteers come and they're like, I don't know what to do. But like I say, between Zach and I try to help out as much as I can, I mean, we'll hand you a shovel and show you what to do. And no one's judges or anything. Everybody's really welcoming. And so it's a great place to to learn and help out and um it's just a really positive network of people out there all right linda anything to add to that even if you only have an hour a week to give we are certainly welcoming of anybody who wants to come for any amount of time and really no experience or skill necessary at all all right and you guys supply the tools and you know all that good stuff right you just need to have the the will and and you guys provide the way right Exactly. And even like I say, I bring my, my girls with me. So it's like, you know, not, not a lot of volunteer opportunities let you bring your kids with you. So yeah, that's, it works that's a good out. Point. Awesome. All right. So as I mentioned, I got a chance to catch up with Zach in the garden and here's a look at our tour of the space. Yeah, welcome to the Wig Garden and uh, fun to have you out here virtually. But, um, you know, we're kind of in the middle of peak summer production. Um, some beds that have recently been harvested where we've got things that we've just seeded, germinating, coming on and, and some things that are a little more mature. Uh, things that we'll be harvesting for the farmer's market coming up on Thursday. Uh, and uh, so I'll walk you around now if you just want to come with me. So uh, mixed vegetables, uh, this time of year we're thinking of things in the nightshade family like peppers, tomatoes we'll get to in a second. but. Um, so we'll have lots of these sweet Italian frying peppers. These are called Cubanelle peppers or um, bull's horn peppers, but that's a really delicious little treat that we like. Lots of nice snacking, good sized bell peppers here, actually, that we'll have at the farmer's market uh, on Thursday. And, and uh, of course, everything that doesn't uh, leave at the market goes uh, for donation at the pantry. and. And hopefully it'll be kind of our inaugural run uh, with our new refrigeration unit in the health department lobby. Um, some spicier stuff. This is a pepper I'm kind of actually excited about right here. Kind of looks like a habanero or a hot chili, but it's called uh, an aji rico. And uh, it's got, it's very mild. It's like a hybrid pepper. It's sweet and it has like a little bit of spice snacking pepper but has like this very citrusy pineapple flavor with it so we're really excited we're going to have a lot of peppers um, at the market obviously some leafy greens kale um, and i believe our master food volunteers are going to be doing some kale smoothies so a nice cold refreshing smoothie that are uh, we'll have free samples at the farmer's market um, tomorrow. Um, lots of herbs. Obviously our basil is like out of control right now. So we're really hopeful folks want to come and harvest some basil. Jalapenos, tons of jalapeno peppers. I don't know if you can see in there, I mean, that's a big one right there. But um, pepper, it's going to be like a pepper festival tomorrow. Um, lots of sweet potatoes, so uh, hang out with us. Come back in September. 
uh, we'll be harvesting hundreds of pounds of sweet potatoes. And that's one of our favorite crops here in the garden. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, crop by crop, lots of sweet corn that's starting to come up. This is kind of our second round of sweet corn. We plant this a little bit later and we get one more harvest uh, around the end of September and it kind of adds some nice uh, dimension uh, architecture to the space when these corn stalks get really large it's kind of fun to be walking through them and you kind of feel like you're in a miniature maze out here um, in the background you can see we have uh, more than 20 fruit tree varieties uh, mostly apples apples will be coming on here in the next couple weeks uh, some of our pears are already ready to go and uh, a few peaches so uh, a mix of uh, some of our annual vegetables as well as perennial tree fruit. Um, the last of our little leeks, and actually that bed's been planted to, we're going to get a second round of Irish potatoes or just kind of uh, your uh, your non-sweet potato potato. Uh, we always add like, in some years we always do cut flowers. This year we included a, a row of zinnias. Um, this is a, a small multicolor zinnia and this is really nice as a cut flower so I imagine we'll probably do some cut flower bouquets um, for the market but um, that's something we just kind of do for ornamental value a uh, few other perennial crops that we have strawberries so we have some day neutral or ever bearing strawberries so at the farmers market tomorrow folks will be able to come out and pick strawberries and there's a few here like and i always tell my volunteers to make sure that they you know enjoy a few while they're out here working and that's just quality control you know um another row of sweet potatoes our tomatoes two 60 foot rows of tomatoes we harvested a lot yesterday that are in storage for the farmer's market on Thursday. Um, you know, and we call this the California or the Florida steak and weave. It depends on how close you are to either coast. With us being right in the middle, sometimes we use the term interchangeably, but you know, we try to demonstrate some techniques that small growers might use who are growing for market commercial producers. The idea is that we serve like such a diverse clientele folks that maybe are just getting into gardening or maybe some folks that are interested in getting into it professionally that the that the garden space here um, is sort of serves all clientele and, and is uh, educational for all different types of groups so um, I think we got a few tomatoes coming on that we haven't still harvested when you pull back some of these vines here some nice kind of smaller like cocktail tomatoes and this one will ripen up really nice and this has some cool kind of variegated coloring on the shoulders there I like these quite a bit a second round of uh, tomatoes that were interplanted into a bed of carrots that we did this spring so hopefully we'll harvest the the rest of our carrots uh, tomorrow and uh, and then give these uh tomatoes some space to to get big 
but um, we try to maximize all the space that we have and sometimes that means having to plant things into each other there's a nice good long carrot and when we get these all washed up they look real great so um, down here you can see some of our apples and I'm starting to accumulate quite a bag of groceries here but a uh, few couple varieties of apples you know we're usually looking for the color here this is called the background color so these are all red apples but we're usually looking for this background green to turn a little bit more yellow before these are ready to harvest that's usually your best indicator with a lot of the palm fruit apples and pears is when that background color starts to get a little bit more pale green light yellow and usually if you just just pull on them ever so slightly when they're ripe they'll, they'll come off but we definitely have folks that come and visit the garden and are, are seeing all these apples and are are trying them a little hard or early right now and uh, they get kind of they kind of get pucker up when they uh, try them so they're still a little tart and they need a couple more weeks before they'll be ready to harvest but I imagine we'll have some for the upcoming farmers market in September some Asian pears over here and these are pretty much ready this is the first year tree but these are kind of a small Asian pear which some people has kind of a rough skin here but the inside is so crisp and juicy it's really sweet so we'll have some you pick uh, Asian pears tomorrow and um, back here we're starting to trellis for our cucumbers we've got more strawberries and our strawberry production will really um, usually be late May early June have our trellising set up for for another crop of cucumbers so we'll have cucumbers going into fall sweet potatoes our blackberry planting we're finishing up a pretty interesting little trellis project here um, so we'll be able to manage the canes a little bit better but you can see some of our uh, blackberry varieties actually flower and fruit two times in the year so you're already getting a second flowering late summer and then if you walk down the row here you can see some fruitlets that are just starting to ripen so we get another second little flush of blackberries although our biggest harvest is usually earlier in the year um, so you know this is our quarter acre green space here and we've got 14 beds where we're doing the these uh, 50 foot rows 60 foot rows uh, the 20 uh, fruit trees and we're growing all the time and trying to squeeze more and more into here um, so this is the space that you'll that you'll come to if you drop in at one of our volunteer work days 8 to 11 Tuesday mornings 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. and uh, obviously uh, we have all the tools and gear that you need and and you just get to be a part of uh, sort of our weekly uh, uh, maintenance of the garden and and production planning so uh, you can stop in once you can come every week the whole season we love to have a bit of both and it's always nice to see new faces out here so i hope you uh, see this podcast see the video today and, and get a chance to come out and visit us we'd like to to have you out here at the garden
So as you can see there, there's a great variety of produce and all available for, for individuals in our community. And we'll have more information about how you can access the garden and its resources um, in the show notes of this episode. So uh, another thing connected to the garden is farmer's markets, and that's pretty new. So Zach, do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, so um, uh, starting kind of halfway through the season last year, we were, um, you know, coming out of the pandemic and, and trying to get more engagement and get more outreach and and also try to think of, you know, a sustainable budget for, for the garden because there is a cost that goes into managing the garden and we're lucky to have the support from the County Department of Health and, and, and uh, the K-State Research and Extension Office. Um, but thinking more long-term and, and improvements to infrastructure and, and more plantings and growing in terms of possibly our size and, and the types of crops that we're able to grow and, and what it takes and the costs associated, um, thought, well, could we, you know, have a sort of event that would be like maybe a fundraiser, but also just be kind of like a, you know, free activity that people could come to. And, and um, we had always at the extension office done recipe testing with our extension master food volunteers which are really uh, a great group of uh of of many volunteers that we have that participate through the k-state programs but that are very focused on culinary and teaching people uh, nutrition and, and healthy cooking techniques and how could we you know bring them in and highlight seasonal produce that was available at the garden um, you know, get more uh, county staff as well as the local community out to the garden uh, a couple times during the growing season. And we said, let's do this. Let's try to do these farmers market events. We call them pop up farmers markets. And they started extremely basic and um, have kind of grown in terms of the scope and the offerings each time we do them. But um, they're held on site. You know, uh, you know, right on the east side of the health services building, uh, which is 11875 South Sunset Drive. Uh, sometimes folks have a hard time finding us because of how we're nestled and the kind of hills that overlap the sides of the parking lot. But um, so we just set up some some several tents there and create some shade and we turn on a little bit of music and we set up a farmer's market stand and uh, you know tables for people to come out and have their lunch. The master food volunteers are there serving recipes and, and sharing recipes um, that are relevant to what we're growing in the garden at the time. Um, you know, I like I, I like to say like, you know, um, it, there's really it's their suggested donation on produce and some people from the community love to come and they treat it just like they would going to the farmer's market and they try to get all the produce that they need for the week. Um, and then we also have families that come uh, and that essentially get a, a a donated produce package. It's all there. No one leaves empty handed. It's um, it's no one's refused based on their ability to pay. Uh, so it's uh, serve yourself. And um, it, it, it's essentially just, you know, a, a way for our volunteers also to showcase the garden and to celebrate all the hard work that they've put in and kind of back to um, to Sam's point about how, you know, how much we enjoy, we love when she brings uh, uh, Zoe and Carly, her two daughters and, and how there's, you know, this 
socializing that's happening in between with clients and you know people in the community that may have more resources the the farmers market is kind of also emblematic of you know there's people that come and 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 there's this local organic produce and you know there's they're paying a premium dollar and donating to the garden and they're so happy to buy produce that they can go home and cook and that same exact produce is being donated and given to free to families that don't have the resources so there's not um, like a different product that goes to one versus the other. And, and I think that there's something special about that. Um, and just, we really do try to hold ourselves to a high standard in terms of what we, what we put out, uh, what we take to the pantries, what we donate. We want it to be just as good as anything that you would see in the grocery store or what you would expect someone to pay for at a farmer's market. And so that's the idea. So obviously you take a lot of pride in, in the work that you all are doing out there. Can you talk about any numbers in terms of um, what you're producing? Yeah, on average over the, the seven years plus that we've been doing this, we usually fall somewhere in between 3,000 and 4,000 pounds of produce every year that comes out of this quarter acre garden space. Um, that's a mix of tree fruit, uh, annual uh, vegetables, um, and, uh, and I will say, you know, things like sweet potatoes, potatoes, sweet corn, those bigger items help us, uh, get hit that poundage number. Um, but, uh, onions, uh, things like that. Um, and so, yeah, we take, we really try to, you know, the K-State extension service has several demonstration, uh, gardens throughout the County that focus on edible crops. Um, and I highly recommend the audience go out and, and, uh, maybe we can provide a link on the website so that people can, can go and visit more of the, our master gardeners demonstration gardens. The thing that's unique about the Wick garden is it's really focused on maxing production, trying to create a, a real dent in the need for fresh produce, uh, in our community. Um, and so it's kind of managed more like a small farm than uh, a display garden or the, the typical community garden. And because we're really trying to hit, you know, a, a higher, um, higher poundage, if you will. All right. And fresh produce can be a little bit tricky because um, it doesn't last very long. I mean, I've been doing my research about like strawberries. I've heard like canning them will make them last like months. I haven't tried it mm -hmm. yet, but um, I'm willing to explore that. So I, I know you guys, that's a consideration for you as well. How do we, we increase the shelf life of, of some of the things that we're producing? So can you talk about um, this new resource that you all are getting um, that will help with that? Yeah, for really the, the longest time, the garden has operated without really any cold storage. And um, just as much, I would say, knowledge uh, from the horticulture perspective that goes into producing uh, quality fruits and vegetables, you can spend as much time studying and learning about how to store um, those products as well. Um, some of it's common sense and, uh, you know, uh, just having refrigeration, uh, which is this, this new phase of the program. And uh, we're excited that we recently got some support from Advent Health and from Department of Health uh, annual budget uh, to purchase a commercial refrigeration unit that uh, we just received recently and has uh, been set up inside the lobby of the health services building or the health 
department uh, uh, waiting room or lobby area. And essentially, uh, we're, we're very hopeful and we're in the process of um, essentially creating what's going to be like a pantry nook that exists inside the, the health services building in the lobby where anyone that comes into the health department to access services um, will essentially be able to serve themselves, uh, access fresh produce, and um, we're hopeful that we'll have product in there on a fairly regular basis uh, moving forward. Uh, in, instead of, uh, unfortunately, and really I shouldn't say unfortunately, but um, so often, because of the lack of refrigeration on site, we really relied on having to take a lot of the produce um, outside the garden to, to local pantries. But we're excited to be able to have more of a direct connection with the end user on the product. And that I really do think that that's gonna give us more opportunity to provide better education, uh, partially through our master food volunteers, so that when clients do come in, on occasion, we're hopeful that we're gonna be able to have a staff or a volunteer person in the lobby uh, with uh, nutritional information and recipes for the products that are available. Uh, and uh, yeah, just hopefully uh, the, the produce is being used more fully and that the clientele have a better understanding of what to do with it and, um, and, and ultimately, you know, use it and enjoy it. All right, that's great information. And just last question is how do uh, our listeners get involved? How do they volunteer? Yeah, so I will say um, just quickly on the farmer's market event, that farmer's market event is this, This it's going to be Thursday. I think we're going to try to get this out today, Wednesday. Um, our next one is uh, going to be uh, September, second Thursday of September, which I think is the 8th. Um, so uh, this next one is August 11th, and then we'll do one last one, September 8th, I believe. And um, those are open to the public from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., uh, those are on Thursdays. And I will also mention that the, this uh, August, we're celebrating National Breastfeeding Awareness Month with the Johnson County Breastfeeding Coalition. And so they'll be set up and be providing resources on maternal nutrition and showcasing their outdoor nurture nook, which is uh, a really cool setup that they have for um, basically uh, breastfeeding at public events and uh, really cool setup that they have and lots of educational information from them. So we're excited they're gonna be partnering with us. And then every Tuesday from really the beginning of March all the way to the end of October, folks can come to our drop-in volunteer days every Tuesday morning, 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. Um, we have a sign up online We'll provide the the web the website information. I imagine um, if you just Google uh, K State Wick Garden, that's a good way to get to our sign up. That just helps us know who how many folks we're going to have. Um, but really, like you said earlier, you the the best thing about this garden is you can come with absolutely no knowledge uh, uh, of gardening. You don't need to bring any tools, um, and uh, you can really get exposure to uh, you know. Uh, produce production at, at a level that I don't think most people would be able to necessarily access unless they lived or worked on a farm. And we're just lucky to be able to, to have a lot of the resources and tools um, for people to just come show up and then get their hands dirty and get a lot of experience with new, new gardening, farming techniques. Um, so yeah, 
these Thursday farmers market events, the one uh, tomorrow, as well as uh, the one uh, coming up in September, and then every Tuesday morning, 8 to 11 a.m. And you have an opportunity to come work with me, Samantha and Linda, we're, we're there pretty regularly. Uh, uh, I'll speak for myself, but, but Linda and Sam are almost always there as well. So yeah, that's how you get involved. All right. Sounds good. And I, I will speak for the, the produce that comes out of there. Last time I was there, I got a, a free basil plant and uh, I think we used it in our spaghetti last week. So um, good stuff. Good to hear. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you all for being here today and sharing this great information. We encourage volunteers to, to head on out and get their hands dirty and, and learn a few things about gardening. And again, we'll have the information about how to get involved in the show notes of this episode. And thanks for listening. You just heard Joko on the go. Join us next time for more Everything Johnson County. Have a topic you want to discuss? We want to hear from you. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at JocoGov. For more on this podcast, visit jocogov.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening.